Hi, and welcome to the There's More podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Rachel. And we're helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. Today, I am so honored that y'all get to hear this conversation with Jess Taves. She is the owner of Brain Vibes. She and her husband, Chris. And oh my gosh, she is my person. I like, can I be your friend? Yeah, like, I mean, she honestly. Is so delightful. But I will say her story is so powerful. For those of you who are in the thick of it with your kids or widows who have lost a dad um, and you're just reeling about your kids, like I want you to listen with hope on your mind because she is hope personified. She is. And I think that uh, what I loved about her is the way we look at curveballs and we think of that as a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And she is saying, hey, God wants to be the God who throws you the good curveball and teaches you how to catch it and transitions mm-hmm. you into a place you would never have dreamt of. Yeah. But it's so much better. Yeah. So her story's got a lot of hope. Yeah, and just healing for your children as yeah. well. Just supernatural revelation from heaven of healing for your children. So welcome to the There's More podcast. Well, welcome to the show, Just Haves. We are so excited to have you here on There's so More. We are excited just to introduce y'all to her. Just as somebody who I actually just met on my own quest for greater brain health and recognizing that I had some dysregulation of my nervous system. And so actually found Jess through a mutual friend. And she is a, the owner and founder of a company called Brain Vive, which is a little bit, I'm going to let you you tell more about that, but she's a mom to three. She's married to her husband, Chris, and has been working just kind of in that integrative, holistic healthcare space for over a decade. And, and just your journey, even in that of itself is, you know, is a very, very cool story. But I would love to start today just first by welcoming you and <laughs> second by asking you if you would just share with us a little of, of just your journey with the Lord, your history and the story that brought you to sit across from us today. Yes, well, I'm so excited to be on with you ladies today and just share from the heart. Mm. And um, I know that God will use all of our words just to empower others and really just bring them closer to him. That's his goal and desire for all of us. I'm really excited to share. Uh, We do, we have this special place we call brain vibe. If you would have asked me even um, two and a half years ago, if this was going to be a reality and I was going to be sitting here in this office and space with all these beautiful people coming in day in and day out, I would have laughed because this was not this is not in the plan. Mm -hmm. This is, this was not, you know, a goal that we had had. Sometimes God puts deep desires in our hearts from the time we are little bitty. Right. And then other times like a good father, he totally surprises us and he throws us a curveball, and he asks us to be ready and willing to catch it. And Mm -hmm. so I'd love to share more about kind of the readying process that he had, um, for me and for Chris, my husband, and then, you know, just just talk about the ways that the Lord meets us through trauma and um, upset, you know, expectations that are unmet, um, curveballs, all of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to dive in with you. Good. We're here for it. Well, t- tell us, Jess, like where your life started, because you have got quite a story mm-hmm. and, and you've walked out of some really hard things that, you know, other families may be dealing with that I know you've had total freedom from, which is just beautiful. So can you start there just from childhood? Yeah. So, you know, my childhood, um, from a very young age, 
trauma was woven into my story. And so um, picture a family of four with two little girls, brown hair, blue eyes, all of us. And life was great. My dad was a rising executive. Um, My mom stayed at home and made the best snacks and made sure all the neighborhood kids had Kool-Aid and all the things that these kids do. And, um, And then my dad was diagnosed with a terminal illness with cancer, which was really unheard of. You know, now we hear so many folks struggling and battling to overcome cancer, but really at that point in time, no one, no one in my K through 12 school really had even heard of it or had had a relative experience cancer up close and personally. Mm -hmm. So, um, that in and of itself was such a shock to us Mm -hmm. and such a, um, abrupt stop to this growing excitement that my family had. Um, and how old were you just at that time? So I was seven. Okay. Um, my older sister was nine and this really caused, um, me to go into just a pattern of, of trying to deal, but doing it through control. So Mm -hmm. controlling what I could obviously not being able to control his cancer journey and his sickness. And at the time, Mm -hmm. I mean, it was so, Um, looking back, I can't imagine my kids going through something like this. The cancer care was brought in home. So he had, you know, a nurse seven days a week. Wow. Um, Chemo was done at home, IV therapy, all kinds of treatment was done in the house. And so in an effort for my parents to keep our lives out of a hospital, we actually brought that in the home. And so there was no, there was no hiding from it. There was no escape. And I think, you know, when, when any of us are going through traumatic situations, we have to find a place of escape. Mm -hmm. And if we're believers, a place that we can escape to Mm -hmm. the father and to be alone with him or to be around those who can encourage us. But for me as a little girl, there was really no separation. And so this two, two and a half year battle that he had um, was really up close and personal. Um, At the time, my neighbor um, actually was battling with cancer as well, but he was about 25 years older than my dad. Um, and he ended up, uh, killing himself, committing suicide while I was playing outside in the, in the yard. And he came through the, the door or the window, um, next what? door to us. Oh, and so just see. like, oh my all goodness, of this, mm-hmm. all of this up close and personal trauma that I was experienced, wow. um, at such a young age really left this imprint. Now here's the like hope filled, exciting part of this whole journey that is when my entire family met Christ for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. Um, these dear, sweet people. My mom is a classically trained pianist. And so she was hired to play piano at this beautiful church in South Florida. And so she would go and she would fulfill her duties. And I would come with her and turn the pages on the piano. Bench. And it was the Lord utilizing that job for, for other people to reach out and begin ministering to her. And so a couple of folks became aware that our family was going through this battle with cancer and they started just coming around us, praying off for my mom, offering my mom, like, can we pray for you? Can we come to the house and pray for your husband? And one by one, all of us, you know, asked Jesus to be our savior. And it was such a powerful transformation for my parents because Mm. they were just good people. They didn't, we didn't have this lineage of like close, deep relationship with the father. And so Um, they just began to really seek God. I mean, my dad was just voraciously reading the Bible and just praying and worship music was always playing and just such a transformative time that my sister and I both received Christ too. 
but during this story, and I, I think I mentioned this to Karen at one point, um, you know, when we accept Jesus into our lives, the trauma that we are experiencing can influence from the get go, mm-hmm. how we receive the father, how we view him, how close we let him, yeah. what other issues are intertwined there. And so for me during this time, I really began to question from an early time, like, is God really good? Well, he's good. So he's going to heal my dad. Right. Oh, totally. Two years later, my dad passed and I saw the heartbreak. We had five different services for him. We had to fly him to Illinois where they were born for burial and services, you know, just this drawn out process of grief and mourning, which is healthy, but also for a child, very confusing. Mm -hmm. So that really led, that really started kind of this foundation in my walk with Jesus of, I love you. You're powerful, but I don't know if I fully trust you Mm -hmm. are always going to be good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Fast forward. um, We ended up moving from South Florida to a very small town in Illinois, a kind of a rural farming community. Wow. Which you can imagine Gosh, from like Florida girl shock. to like culture shock of a very small town who everybody had lived there for generation wow. after generation. And they all still live there. It's a beautiful, small little community, but it wasn't <laughs> what I was used to. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't have my daddy there. And mm-hmm. so my mom, as any great mom, was moving us close, you know, back to family and her family where we could get a little bit more support. But we kind of skipped over that part of of grief and trauma. That's so important of processing it and feeling it. And we just jumped full bore into life in Illinois. And I think so many of us do that, whether it's a death or it's something else that's traumatic, right? We just, especially as women, I think just like, let's keep going, let's get the settle power through. And so we did, and it really backfired, um, about a year and a half into that transition. I was just getting ready to start middle school the pressures and the peer pressure was there. And I started really going inward and drawing away from, you know, the Lord drawing away from my, my mom and my older sister. And that's when addiction crept in. Mm -hmm. I started smoking in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. I would smoke a pack a day of cigarettes. Um, and then just small things from there, drinking alcohol, um, three days a week by the time I was in eighth grade. Um, you know, just casually using different types of drugs. Yeah. And then really what I think was the culmination of everything was beginning to, when that wasn't satisfying enough, being able to control even more was controlling my food. Mm -hmm. High school hit, you know, the pressures of being thin. I was on the dance team and cheer team and all the things and comparing my myself with others, being on the track team, comparing, you know, my body shape and type with Mm -hmm. other, you know, girls, body shapes and types, and then really just restricting calories because it, it almost became this game with myself and this power control struggle with myself of, oh gosh, if I can do this, I feel good because I've made this quota. I've proven to myself that I'm still in charge, even though I feel like my relationship with my mother was nil. It it had become very strained. Um, I was using all these different things to try to cope and try to just survive and make myself feel better, but a high is a high, right. Mm -hmm. And then you come down. But what I learned with food was that I could always control that 
24 hours a day. I didn't have to wait for that high and that low. Um, and so I would, I would go to Spanish class. I can vividly remember this as a sophomore in high school and senora, if you got a great grade, you know, or spoke fluent the entire (laughs) class, you could get a Jolly Rancher. So I would get a green Jolly Rancher. Um, and that would kind of spike my blood sugar and get me through the morning hours. And then when I came home, I would usually eat either half of a banana or about a cup of regular orange juice. And I would do that as long as I could, and then eat something small, um, every third or fourth day. And that quickly tanked my health. I was getting sick all the time. I would go to dance competitions and couldn't participate. And this whole time, Mm. My mom is just praying. She is like the fiercest intercessor. Oh, is she? Wow. And she's just praying, 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 but she's not understanding. She's not understanding. Like I was hiding it. I wasn't showing her. I was telling her I wasn't feeling well. And her mind playing is like my love of my life just fought cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, is she medically ill? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Um, And I just would, I would just lie. I would lie about eating. I would lie about where I was. I would lie about who I was with. Um, and it just became, it all culminated with a Friday night. My mom said, you're, you're coming to this intercessory prayer and prophetic night. There's a man, Kevin Leal, who's coming to town and held at a local church. And I thought, oh my gosh, no, I'm going to a kegger. I'm going to a party. (laughs) A kegger. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the corner. I'm sorry. Illinois. Kegger Kegger or prophetic. (laughs) Yes. And so. You know, instead of, um, instead of my high school boyfriend picking me up on Friday night, mom, like shoved me in the minivan and was like, no, you're coming with us. And I was so mad because at this point in the journey, I was not walking with the Lord. Like I didn't want anything to do with them. I was convinced that was my family. And that was my older sister and my mom and everybody else who I thought was nuts. And then I was over here and Mm -hmm. really that's where I feel like you know, isolation goes so, so intertwined with an eating disorder and any really addiction, right? If you're isolating, then you can't hear the voice of truth or reason, or even love can't break through because you're isolating yourself so profoundly. Mm. So I remember being very angry. I remember Mm. getting to that service. And of course she'd been there earlier in the day and reserved us seats right on the front row. Um, and she marched me down to the front, you know, and, and we sat down and, this man is preaching and sooner or later, um, over the course of the service, he stops in front of me and he just said, I need, I need to pray. And he begins to prophesy and pray and put his hands on me. And there was about 350 people in this packed auditorium. And I remember the first thought going through my mind was he's got a mistake. It's not me. It's not me who he's trying to Mm -hmm. speak to. Mm -hmm. And he kept talking about the father's love for me and how much the Lord wanted to touch my heart and my life. And that he knew my earthly father was no longer with me, but that the Lord wanted to step in and fill that void. And I knew as I knew, like, okay, I've never met this guy. He's come to town as a special speaker in that moment, him calling me out in my situation and my pain. And saying, I know you and you're running from me, but I want you was what I needed to hear uh-huh. for that breakthrough to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was um, a I really just, I just want to pause for two seconds because <laughs> I, yeah. I got the cry on. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And just, um, mm. yeah, I just want to pause for a minute because what you've just shared is so precious and so vulnerable. And, and I know there are people listening right now, you know, who are thinking, God, if I want that for my daughter, uh-huh. you know, so let's just lean in for just a second to that moment. I just want to just acknowledge you who are listening that he is the God of breakthrough mm-hmm. and he is hearing your prayers. Mm-hmm. He is hearing just like he heard Jess's mom's prayers. He is hearing your prayers. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I just feel like we needed to just pause for just a second with that. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for what you're sharing. Could continue on, please. <laughs> That's right. So it was that moment that my heart that had become so hardened and so isolated I felt, I felt, I felt the Lord. I felt that I was wanted. I felt that I was known. And that's such a deep part. I think of all of our spiritual journeys is this desire to be known, Absolutely, not known for who we are, not known for what we we can do and what we do and all the material things that the world tells us, you know, our accolades and that should be, you know, worshiped, but really known because of who he created me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, from that point forward, it was a pretty um, it was a pretty wild turnaround. I ended up, long story short, um, stopping the partying, stopping uh, the starving. And when you read about you know everyone's story and journey with with um, eating disorders and disordered you know viewpoints and body points, it's you know, it's, everyone has a different journey in their recovery. And I don't know why God chose that path for me, but it was instantaneous. Mm. It was not a, let's see if this is going to be something that we're going to struggle with for a lifetime. But even now as an adult, you know, 20 years later, it's like, that is not my story. That's not what I I struggle with. And that's not, it's not been a lifetime thing for me. And so the freedom and the journey that he has all of us on is unique, but yeah. it's possible. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that feels hopeless. I'm too far gone. I've been doing this for too many years. Yes. My body can't recover. He's able, Absolutely. and it's really up to him. You know what what the story is that he's writing. Um, I ended up graduating high school early, and it was really out of a decision that I knew if I was going to stay in that environment that my life would not stay close to Christ. Yeah. And so um, it was a real struggle for me because I'd always looked forward to senior year, you know, possibly being one of the captains on the dance team, finally, you know, all the things that come with the fun mm. um, of, of a senior year. And God distinctly the summer before my senior year told me to work at a youth camp. And so I went to life for youth ranch in South Florida. Wow. Um, my sweet mother has, <laughs> has looking back, agreed to so many wild and crazy things that God's asked me to do. Mm. Um, and she agreed and vetted it. And I went down as a junior counselor, the only 17 year old on staff. And I shared my testimony all summer. Wow. And I think it's so powerful, you know, in revelation, they talked about triumph, triumphing over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And I think so many times as believers, we discount what our testimony can do. Mm-hmm. And we think we have to have this huge story, but right. really it's just sh- sharing and telling people frequently, God told me to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I feel like God wants me to share this with you yeah. or this time that I didn't trust him. And he told me to, you know, to go look in my bank account and there was an extra $200 I needed or whatever it, it is. 
<laughs> I think that we dismiss so many times that is a that is one of the two ways the blood makes the way for the testimony. That's right. Happens, That's right. And Amen. we share that. And mm-hmm. so that whole summer, every Friday night, I was the like altar call girl, and Gosh. I would go up and I would just share my story after the speaker spoke. And by the droves, all these teens would come down to the altar and they would ask for prayer and they would give their life to Jesus. And it was such a healthy, renewing summer for me because I was around all these believers and all these people that I didn't have to feel like the awkward one because it wasn't popular. It wasn't cool. And so I came back from that experience and I told my mom, I have to leave early. I don't know how it's possible. This is before the internet. So this is before yeah, like, you you're like, online. here I come. Yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. And so she journeyed with me. I went to our school principal. I applied to, um, to actually go to Chicago, take a few correspondence classes, pass those and be able to have enough credit hours to go to school. And I went, I went and left school and I, enrolled in college started in January. So, um, it was such a formative and transformative time Mm -hmm. that really set me on this journey of, I don't care what people think God has set me free. Um, and I'm, I'm going to follow him, you know, at whatever the cost that is. And so it's been quite a journey since then of really unpacking, um, so much of that trauma that was just shoved down for so many years. Um, and really allowing him to heal at every layer. I always think when we come up on something and I feel like a wound that I have or a lie I've believing, been believing for a while when God heals me of that, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like I'm flying mm-hmm. high. I feel really great for a while. And then he has a way of like, you know, Jess using a circumstance or yeah. using something in my husband's lives or my children's lives to say, wait, uh-huh. I have more for you. That's right. You're still human. You're still dependent on me. Yeah. Um, And so that's really what he's been doing all along. We so hope that you're enjoying this conversation. We are so grateful that you listened to the There's More podcast that we wanted to give you a gift. We wanted to share some of the things that we've learned with you. So Karen, tell them how to do that. Yeah, we've got a 14-day kind of a mini session on spiritual warfare. Kind of one of those topics that people, I think, have a lot of mystery around. Mm -hmm. They're about seven-minute teachings with a prayer at the end of each that are really just designed to equip and empower you because we don't have a problem, we have an enemy. Yes. And so it's just going to equip you to arise victorious. Yeah. Everything you need will be in the show notes. Now enjoy the rest of this conversation. It's beautiful. I mean, yeah, it is. Well, it is just so like the tapestry of your life you can mm. see now. And and I, I think for all of our widows listening to you, um, it's just God never left you. I mean, even in your kegger, yeah. you know, crazy state. That's right. I mean, he was pursuing you and he knew that man was going to come to town. It's just like, it's like when you look at the calendar of your life, like it's so powerful, but a lot of times we're like, in the day and we can't, we can't see see the reverse, but it's like hearing your testimony. I mean, to me, it's like so much for people who are in the moment and their child's in it. You know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. like, God, who is coming? Who is coming after 
your child. It's his. He, it's not It's not a man that came to town. Jesus came to That's town right. for you. That's right. I mean, that man was the conduit. But I mean, it's mm-hmm. like Jesus. It's like Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, no, no, no. We got somebody way better. Yeah. You know, it's like we re- I mean, really and truly like who is going to be that intersection of grace and the father's love? Because that man could have said anything to you. Mm-hmm. And for him to be preaching that that many years ago, that is highly unusual. Yeah. yeah. Highly unusual, I would say. Oh, yeah. I, well, it's just, it's making me, I had a, a kind of a similar situation where I got called out by name. You know, the guy said, Karen, Karen is your name, Karen, and said the love of God is all over you. And, and, that, and, and no prophetic words, no nothing else. The word was, the love of God is all over you. You know, I think we tend to like when we talk about the prophetic words, it's like we want some great elaborate word. I'm going to do this and great thing. And, you know, I've got this ministry that he's going to launch through me and all the stuff. And 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 literally it so wrecked me that God knew my name. And he told that man what my name was and said, I want her to know I love her. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like because that is what transforms your life. He knows your name mm-hmm. and he loves you. And mm-hmm. he and that's what he was doing for you that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what a beautiful story. I, I'd love to hear because I know one of the things that Rachel and I have both been on a, on a journey and a pursuit of for our own lives is really just understanding how trauma and the lies that come in at trauma points, mm-hmm. how it impacts our lives. And so we're all about, we talk about inner healing on this, on this podcast but how does that impact you physiologically? Because I know you then have gone through your own journey of getting healing, um, for, basically for your nervous system and how that impacts it. Can you talk a little bit about, about kind of that journey with that and how that is relevant to us as it re- as relates to painful times in our lives? Yeah, sure. So really in my early twenties, kind of fast forward after college, my health completely just crashed. And I think, um, for a multitude of reasons, I think one, anytime we experience trauma, um, it affects our gut health. We have more stress hormones that are released. Our adrenal glands go into what we call fight or flight because you're constantly pumping adrenaline. And I just think of that little seven-year-old girl you know, seeing the ambulance arrive and dad get rushed out and comes mm-hmm. home three days later and visiting him in the ICU and the neighbor, you know, taking his life and all of these moments of extreme fight or flight. And yeah. I think fast forward then to college. And really I, the part of the story I have not shared, like I went from addiction and really welcoming meeting the father in a real way. But then I threw myself into this workaholism mm-hmm. of, I'm going to, I'm going to graduate high school in three and a half years. Well, then I'll do college in three years Mm -hmm. and then I'll get a full-time job while I'm in college and miss out on social life and just having fun and being young, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, it was just this roller coaster or this, um, treadmill that I was on of just like, let's go, let's do, cause this, this also feels good and, and it's a healthy way to be in control. Mm, So I thought. And so then in my twenties, I had, um, I was traveling internationally for work, um, time zones an adrenaline filled job. It was amazing. It was ministry filled. So that really scratched my itch for, um, being used by the king in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my health just gave out and I was falling asleep on the job at like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, I couldn't make it through an entire day. And really what I, I came down this entire journey of, of 
figuring out what was at the root of it. So I bounced around kind of conventional doctors. I couldn't get any answers. I just kept getting prescriptions. And I'm like, at this point, I'm 23, 24 years old. I can't be on six prescriptions. Mm-hmm. You imagine and all of those. I mean, no, so no. And your all circadian those, rhythms were so out of whack yeah. too from traveling. So it was just a mess. And so I didn't, I knew enough to know, like there has to be a better way. And by God's grace, he brought some folks in my life that were just like, Hey, there is a different way. And maybe your body's experiencing some of these things. And here's who I would go see. So I started down that journey, not realizing all of those years you know, ago that he was really writing my story for, for where I am now yeah. and what I'm doing now. And so I went through just an entire process of healing. And it took years of, you know, changing my diet and being open to supplements and being open to vitamins and all of these other things to really help. I started doing a lot of inner healing anytime that I, you know, could afford to go to counseling. I would go to a counselor or a life coach just to process things. And I began to see this picture of like severe anxiety, a lot of, you know, just super sensitivity. Like somebody would say something and I would just crumble, you know, Mm. I'd go back to my office and just cry if I didn't do something perfect at work. And they're like, here's this strong, you know, young professional. And in a moment I could just crumble if I felt like I didn't do something perfect. And so God was just taking me on this journey of healing my really like healing my inside, Uh you know, physical body. He was so gracious to bring these people and resources in my life. And then really also dealing with so many of these emotional patterns that had been so disrupted at such a young age mm-hmm. um, that really weren't my fault. You know, it wasn't my mm-hmm. mom's fault, mm-hmm. um, but we just, life really changed after seven years old. And so from there, um, I really began digging in and understanding that our nervous system stores trauma. These memories are stored and, you know, unless we learn to release them and, you know, really through the, through God's power, healing power, otherwise they're going to be re- kind of playing and on a loop in the background Mm -hmm. and address that. And so this idea really interested me, but I didn't know anything about the technology like brain vibe. And we have here today, um, through the the sensory learning program. So, um, my son, uh, we have two sons and a daughter, but my oldest son fast forward to second grade, couldn't read. He was really struggling with reading. We knew he had um, a great working IQ. We knew that he was smart. He had so many things going for him. But when it came to reading, it was like a different person and he could not focus and he couldn't read and he was so defiant around it. So um, this is kind of right around the time COVID was starting. So I took him to um, a physician that's not, who's naturally minded and she sat with me and she talked with us and I was you know, really wanting to work on his immune system at this point in time. I wasn't talking about his nervous system. I wasn't even mentioning to her that he couldn't read. And through her analysis and her appointment, she said, I don't want to talk to you about his read or his immune system. I want to talk to you about his reading and what's going on neurologically with him. And my husband and I were like, what are you Mm -hmm. talking about? Mm -hmm. Like we didn't share any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. So she had a word of knowledge about your son. Yeah. And my goodness. And through her appointment, we just, you know, talked with her and she said, I'd like for you to take him through a 12 day program. It's not offered in Georgia. You're not going to find it in Atlanta. You have to go out of state, but I want you to take him through this program because it's going to change his entire life. And our oldest, you know, at the time, just looking back, like 
He was more introverted. Um, he wasn't a loner, but he was definitely more independent. We would go to birthday parties and he would always kind of shy away from the group and go do his own fun thing. Um, he didn't, couldn't read at all. Um, and he was always in motion. He was always, you know, moving. And we would just say like, he was a more hyperactive kid. So we didn't do things like sugar in our home and, mm-hmm. um, we just limited TV time and things like that. And so trusting her so deeply, cause she had helped turn my health around. Mm. We naturally were like, yes, if you say he needs this, we're going to follow this. So, mm-hmm. um, long story short, we did the program with him and nine days into his program, we're driving down the highway and he's starting to read the billboards and the Chick-fil-A signs and all of the things and trying so hard to sound them out phonetically what he'd been taught in school, but now he could actually see it. And he's exclaiming like, there's so many words in the world. Why didn't you guys tell me there's so many words as if, as if he was actually recognizing letters and words for what they were for the very first time. What? Um, It's like he was blonde. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the letters didn't, they didn't make sense. Yeah, they didn't come together as as a whole. God as a whole, me. his visual processing was just completely offline. And so um, I liken it to if you've ever traveled overseas and you go through the airport oh, and you're totally. like, I just need a toilet. I just need a picture. Right. Someone give me yes. some image of the bathroom yes. <laughs> because everything's written in, in different, you know, lang- different languages. Um, that's what I think happened for our son is that for the first time he could say, I recognize that word mm-hmm. for what it is and I can put it together. And so we just saw over really three months time after from the time this program started till about three months later, we just saw this completely different side of him, almost like who we knew was always in there, mm-hmm. but we were seeing it and his social engagement completely changed his interest in, you know, just deeper conversations. He was the the kid that you would say like, how are you fine? Mm-hmm. How was your day? Good. And now we were getting like, Hey, this happened. And th- this is how I felt. And I couldn't believe so-and-so said this. We were starting to see all of these, you know, this higher level of emoting come online mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and his reading just took off. Mm-hmm. And so we got back to Atlanta. We're so happy. It affected our marriage, our family dynamics with oh, his younger God. brother. I mean, the amount of stress that you had would oh have been gosh. under, you know, yeah. Yes. And just, you know, realizing oh, how much God. we had tried to discipline and how much it wasn't sticking. And then after we went through the program, it was like, we could correct him and it would stick. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't saying the same things over and over again. I mean, it was just so life-changing and people, friends, family members started to take notice. Um, and they were so excited for us. And they're like, how can we do this too? And I'll never forget. Um, at one point, my husband looked over at me and he said, he said, Jess, we're supposed to bring this to Atlanta. And I was like, Mm-mm. like I've run medical clinics before and centers, and this is not, <laughs> this is not what I'm signing up for. Uh-huh. I just had had a baby or third and it wasn't this like life goal of like, I'm going to open the center and pray over people and welcome them into our place. And you know, all of that. And God was like, do you trust me? Like, do you, we, we join this journey. Like, mm-hmm. will you say yes? And I think that's those curveballs that the Lord is, mm-hmm. you know, we don't, we don't get healed and he doesn't set us free just for us, even no, though he doesn't that. Mm-hmm. But it's part of his divine plan. And so when I look at Clive's journey and I see we took him out of state for this program, it changed our lives. 
He'd been readying me along the way. He'd been readying Chris along the way so that our hearts would be tender to say yes when, when he wanted us to. Invitation was for you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now Clive's journey I see has impacted hundreds of people through just this office and these walls of other parents who have called, you know, just weeping, Mm -hmm. like my son can read now, you know, Mm -hmm. he was moved out of the reading room and we didn't expect that. Or his tutor is saying he's catching on like so well and things are shifting or, you know, a, a young woman who's back in college who had such debilitating anxiety and so much dysregulation that she was really just living out of her bedroom for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Now she's back in college. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I see where that yes to take him out of state and, and then the yes to open brain vibe has really just been a part of his kingdom and his kingdom. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not about us. And we were driving home. Oh, I was going to say, we were driving home from work one night. And as I'm learning in this entrepreneurial world, um, you, you know, you do everything, you, you clean the toilet, (laughs) you take out the trash, you, um, you know, learn all the science and get all the certifications. You do all of the things when you're starting a business and we were exhausted. We had had a full day. We had started at six 30 in the morning. Our kids came here after school. And then we were here until like eight o'clock because somebody needed to come late. And I look over at Chris and we're driving home. And I just said, babe, like, I can't believe this day. Like, did you hear so-and-so's testimony? What's happening? And then like this woman asked me to pray. Like I got to pray for her. And she said, no one's ever asked anybody in her Mm. entire life has ever prayed over her. And like, who am I? Like, I just got to pray with this woman. (laughs) We're just like, you know, talking about our day and we're so, so exhausted. Mm. And I said, babe, I feel like we started a ministry. Mm. (laughs) My sweet, husband, who's a son of missionaries looks over at me and he's like, are you just not realizing this? Like, he's like, like where, where have you been the last three months? Oh, it was like our third, our third month. And he's like, of course it's a ministry. And so you know, sweet. it was just, it was, it just dawned on me in that mm. moment. And I never want to forget kind of the simple, the simpleness of like these yeah. moments, um, yeah. where God just just affirms what we've done and has affirmed the yes. And is like, this is why I'm calling you to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So So um, as a person who hasn't been over there, (laughs) tell me what I'm signed up by the way. Yeah. Karen's like ready. I'm ready (laughs) too. I just got to get my schedule cleared enough, but tell me what happens in, in the, in the bed, because it's like a thing you lay on, tell me what is happening neurologically and why you need that particular machine, because it's so fast. I told Karen, I was like, it's 12 days. Like, is this, you're telling me this is like for the rest of your life. You don't need to go back. I mean, that is to me, that is like life altering right yeah. there. And, and just like, who's a candidate for this? Cause we're talking a lot about kids but, yeah. you know, like, you know, who, who, who would be a candidate for something like this as well? Like what? Sure. Yeah. Well, we're a candidate yeah. for everything. Uh, well, it well, but that's just for. us. We sign up for all things, <laughs> like, but, but other than us. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're a guinea pig. <laughs> yeah. So basically the, the therapy is multi-sensory therapy, which is 
been proven over and over in science that our brain affects change when we're doing multiple sensory activities at once. And so really at the base of what we're doing, it's light, sound, and motion. So the light, there's a light therapy component. It's syntonic phototherapy. Um, it's used in like developmental eye optometrist doctor's offices, um, but it's a light component that we use in our program. Then there's motion, which is actually like you were saying, a moving bed. So it's a, it looks like a medical table, but it's much cozier and it actually rotates about seven inches in a very gentle circular pattern. So you won't even really realize you're moving, um, but you are moving and it's activating your vestibular system. Mm-hmm. And then there's an auditory component of the program. And this is based off of each individual person's listening profile. When a person comes to us, we test how sensitive they are to certain frequencies and they're under responsive to certain frequencies. Okay. And that can tell us so much about human behavior because listening really is behavior related and audiologists really going back to the 1930s and forties all over the world, um, made profound conclusions on people who hear certain frequencies. Um, the brain is processing those frequencies, uh, what, how that, uh, you know, can, be a clue into what they're experiencing neurologically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The evaluation really tells you a lot about how your auditory system is either efficient or maybe inefficient. And we can also detect a lot of um, patterns. We don't do any diagnosing here, but um, we can detect a lot of patterns of folks that maybe have trouble processing auditory instruction. Yeah. Um, kids who may be very easily distracted in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Classic is the child that you're like, run upstairs, grab your sweatshirt and shoes. And they go upstairs Mm -hmm. all excited to please mom. And then like 10 minutes later, they come downstairs and they don't have anything, but like a Pokemon toy. And yeah, I got one of those. I got one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And believe it or not, we actually have a lot of adults who come in and they're like, that is me. I can't Mm -hmm. connect the dots all the time, especially when it's auditory instructions. And so really that helps us customize the program for each individual. And wow. so during the, the, um, session, you will actually wear a headset, just an auditory headset, like, you know, everyone's familiar with, and there's, um, gated music that's basically playing, you know, different songs and different instrumental music, but it's challenging the auditory system, um, in a very specific way. Wow. And so when you think about it, um, that's how the human develops. We develop by stimulation. I mean, how many of us are moms listening to this and you don't have to even be a parent to know this. Like when your baby comes home, it's like put diff black and white in front of their face and, you know, help them give them a rattle that has noise. Kinder music. I mean, I I had Davis and kinder music at six weeks old. Exactly. And then you think about the vestibular system and how do we sue the baby? We rock a baby back and forth. I mean, they make all kinds of contraptions that do it for you now. And so really it's multi-sensory therapy that's being incorporated in every single session. And the brain cannot choose to ignore it because we're not going to stop playing the music where the light's going to continuously be on. It's a very soothing light. It's non-strobing. And then the motion is continual as well. So you're getting that input. And that's what really... I mean, for our son, he was so hyperactive looking back. Really, when he began doing the table, it was within days that we noticed him starting to calm down because he was getting that, mm-hmm. that input from a mm-hmm. vestibular sense. And we saw such a shift in him. 
Um, so when this is happening, the light is really what um, a lot of times will help with past trauma because the light goes one of two ways. So it's, it's going for vision. So it's going one route when it comes in through the eyes and across the optic nerve, or it's going the other way down toward the hypothalamus, thalamus gland, which also deals impacting change, like at the limbic system level right. where we really store trauma in our autonomic nervous system. Mm-hmm. You might hear, have heard that word before. Yeah. Um, it's really in charge of that involuntary response to fight or flight. Wow. And so the light really helps to really re-engage that system that's maybe been shocked by trauma mm-hmm. or that's been stuck in a trauma loop right. and really say like, you know, Hey, wake up, like pay attention to this, like re-engage in a different way. Right. And so we see, you know, folks, um, we have a lot of individuals who come through with diagnosed PTSD mm-hmm. uh, or anxiety, panic disorder, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, you know, all adults especially will come in and say, I've struggled with this my whole life. It's gotten really hard to deal with post pandemic stress, job layoffs, you know, all of the things. And they have a tremendous breakthrough because their nervous system for the very first time is experiencing a greater level of regulation. Um, and it's just so different from other programs. There's brain training, you know, there's occupational therapy. Yeah. Yeah, but this and is all the, bringing it together, yeah, it which is. is what's really neat. Yeah, but, you it's know. amazing. Yeah, and I mean, Davis really, has misphonia, so I'm just wondering. I'm even thinking. I'm like, it's where everything's too loud. Okay, we see that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's like. I mean, if you're chewing by him, he's like wants to sit across. Wow. From if it, we have uh, multiple loud chewers in our family, okay. and Davis is like, I'm gonna sit over here. I mean, he got the symphony award in kindergarten because he's always singing, you know, and he's loud sounds. Anyway, it's kind of interesting. So I'm just like, hmm. Yeah. It's so fascinating. But I mean, I do think just from, you know, God's perspective, like it's like Mm -hmm. you're, it's like he's bringing the tools of heaven. He really is. I mean, we're, into we're in, the earth. It's like we're in warp speed in terms of just like, I think just the revelation knowledge that whoever this creator is of this, that, you know, it's just revelation knowledge bringing together, you know, all the tools. So, you know, he is a, he's a healing God. Jehovah Rapha is mm-hmm. his name. And whether he does it by the work of an instantaneous miracle of the laying on of hands or whether he does it through laying on a bed watching, you know, he knows know. he's bringing it all to bear because he wants his people healthy and whole and well. Free. Yeah, and free. Totally you know, free from free. themselves. Especially it's like, because you know, he knows what the enemy's done to us with trauma. Mm-hmm. That was never God's plan mm-hmm. for your right. life, you know? Right. And I think too, you know, just in talking about the tools, like when I first learned about this, I remember asking like, you know, what is the light taken from? Like the special light that I'm looking at and it goes through a series of different colors. And during my certification, you know, this individual said, well, the light's taken from the spectrum of the rainbow. It's taken from Mm. the same light that we are as humans really supposed to like, you know, when God created the earth, we didn't have light poles. Like I'm looking outside right now, we didn't have all this blue light and not to say that any of that is wrong now, but our bodies were meant to respond to light in such a different way than we respond to light. Now the hues of the sunrise right. and the settings of the sunset. Right? Right, right. And so when we're talking about this, 
I just remember in that particular course that I was taking, um, I just remember thinking, God, this light comes from you. Yeah. Like this light really does come from you. Like it's taken from the rainbow for goodness sake, the light of the sun and the spectrum of light. And it just was such a moment for me. Like you're saying, Karen, of like, he's just revealing more and more of his healing tools Mm -hmm. at such a time that we need. I mean, we launched in COVID for goodness sake. We had dear friends look us dead in the, it square in the eyes and say, do not launch a business in COVID, (laughs) you know? And we just were, it was like, no, God has shown us moment after moment. This is what he has for us for this. And so, yes, I believe he wants to heal his people. I have a quick question. So why 12 days? And then what is the message in your mouth, Jess, right now? What's the message in your mouth from the Lord? Sure. Okay. So why 12 days? That's easy. So the brain relies on repetition. So we do not take breaks over the weekend. Um, we go straight through the weekend and each, each child comes twice a day and adults just come once a day. Cause obviously the brain is, um, in a more mature state and they can handle that much stimulation at once. And so, um, really it's just a repetition and neuro that's based on neuroplasticity of that's what it takes for the brain to change. And I love the 12 days for so many biblical reasons. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to unpack, (laughs) but I love the 12 days because we get to know families. Uh We get to know individuals. When we launched, we thought we're going to see just a bunch of Clives, a bunch of kids who can't read, who are having learning struggles and troubles. And we actually have seen now more adults than children Mm. and God has just surprised us. And so Mm. these mamas, these dads that are coming through, um, I just think like, gosh, we're affecting how they parent, how mm-hmm. they manage stress, how they sleep. Um, yeah. and really, you know, their memory. I know. Their yeah. And so it's just been such a powerful time of walking through with families and getting to know them. So I love, I love that it's 12 days. Yes. Um, yeah. As hard as that sounds, I'm thankful. I know, I know. But I'm excited because I know, I mean, it's just like, it's a one and done. I mean, it's yeah. so, that is that is so rare in this, even with the oh, yeah. healing. It's like, like, I feel like the supplement world, you know, it's like, oh, oh my gosh, gosh. Like, how many another years tincture for the love of pain. <laughs> I can't, I Okay, can't. so as we wrap message up. Message in your mouth, yeah, yes. What's, what's the message in your mouth, which I feel like you've been saying it all along, but. Um, we'd love to hear like kind of what's that current thing that God is going, oh God, just declare this to your people. Yeah. I think that it's, he wants to meet us in our darkest hours mm-hmm. when it feels like we can't put food on the table. It feels like no one sees me or loves me. No one would even miss me if I'm gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's that he wants to meet his people right where they are and in their darkest hour. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far or how hard your heart has gotten. Yes, He can pierce it. His mm-hmm. light can pierce the darkness. Yeah, so good. And it's, that's the hope that we have in him. Mm. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Will you just pray for family? Yeah. Pray into that. That yeah. was so good. Cause I, I agree. There's so much hopelessness out there. Right. So yeah. yeah. Thank you. Let's pray. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Father God, we just declare that you are king. Um, You are king over our lives. You are king over um, every situation, God, that feels desperate, that feels um, like there's no way out. God, I just, um, I just sense there's people listening to this podcast 
and some of them by accident. They actually were just scrolling and just found this by accident. And God, it wasn't an accident. You actually ordained that, um, that click. And Father, I thank you for whoever is listening, um, who just feels like there's no way to go. There's no hope. There's no way possible that their circumstance could change. And God, I just uh, rebuke that. I rebuke that thought um, that they're too far, that they're unlovable, that they're unchangeable. And God, I thank you for the word of my testimony, God, that you have shown up so many times in my life, Lord, where I didn't want to go on, where I didn't think I could go on. And that father, by your grace, you just stepped in. You answered God um, at my deepest uh, moments of need. And so I thank you that you're going to do that for so many of your children, young and old. God, that you're going to show up in a mighty way and that it's not something people have to strive for. It's not something that people have to stand in line for. It's literally just a yes. Mm -hmm. It's just a yes. That's all it takes. And so God, I just thank you for meeting people in their darkest hour. When they feel all hope is gone, Lord, you are the great restorer. I thank you that you're writing a new story, um, even in the lives of Karen and Rachel and their families and their children. God, I thank you so much for this ministry. Father, use it in unbelievable ways and ways that we couldn't dream or imagine. Ready them, Lord, so that when the curveball of your plan comes, you're ready. They're ready to catch it and they're ready to walk forward. And we just thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. It's you who we worship, Jesus. Yes. Amen. 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 Wow. Oh, yes. You're a special, spe- I mean, isn't so she so awesome? delightful. Yes. Yeah. Thank Just you what so What a gift you are to the kingdom. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. I'm so glad I got to meet you. And we I will, will meet so you in person. Fun. That's right. And <laughs> yeah. we will, we're gonna, we'll put all your information in the show notes so that everybody knows how to get in touch with you, how to find out more about Brain Vive. And we bless you. We bless your business to continue mm-hmm. to multiply God to give you supernatural strategies from heaven on how yes. to increase and yes. multiply your reach, right? And a mobile van that comes to Milton. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. I'm just going to prophesy that. <laughs> Amen. We just need a van. <laughs> All right, Jess. Well, thank you. you. Take care. Oh, bye, ladies. Thanks for having me. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. We just wanted to let you know about some additional resources. If you are interested in learning about Rachel and I's Bible study, just go to fathershousestudy.com. It's an amazing eight-week encounter with with just the Father's love. We've got Zoom groups are going to be starting this fall. We'd love for you to be a part of. In addition, we have an opportunity for you to have a free resource from us. If you go to bestillministries.net and sign up, you will receive a 15-day kind of a mini masterclass on spiritual warfare that has been done by myself and Lindsay, a friend of ours that is our head of our prayer team. So hope you'll join us. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks a bunch.